0: hello and welcome to the bg podcast episode 215 today we're wrapping up the week of september 4th 2023 i'm hannah garcia and joining me is bingham group ceo aj Bingham.
1: hello hannah and then uh, this is you know we we kind of jumped ahead we're recording this on september 12th uh only because we had a short week and i think we both need to break yeah with it so uh we are back in on um, this t- lovely tuesday and a cooler austin too yes, right you know, not that's cool as a city but we actually Actually, physically cooler, right? Yes,
0: yes, significantly. feels a lot nicer outside.
1: Yeah, well, nice balmy, what, 80 degrees? Yes. All right, I will take it. After 105 for three days straight.
0: I yeah, know, I tried to play pickleball on Sunday, and I lasted about 30 minutes uh-huh. at uh, 11. Oh,
1: uh, so you're trooper, you're trooper. I was inside. All right, so you want to kick us off? What happened? What was the big news of last week?
0: So, some more staffing shakeups at the city of Austin. We had a memo released from interim city manager, Jesus Garza, um, informing us that um, Assistant City Manager Rodney Gonzalez would be retiring. Um, not effective immediately. He still has some time. Um, that's just another, I think, big major staffing change um, that we've seen this year under Asus um, Garza's as leadership.
1: Yeah, that was uh, surprising. I think the announcement came out, the memo was released the Friday going to Labor Day weekend. So whatever August day it was that Friday. And then um, you know, being a Monday, you I know, mean, I mean, we, we watched the news, but nothing <laughs> right now we saw that Tuesday. So it's, it was surprising. I think, you know, Rodney, we've, we've both, you and I have worked in different capacities, both in the firm now and prior roles. Um, he's I mean, 22, 20, he's a over two day, two decade, uh, plus veteran of the city of Austin in various roles, including economic development, development services, and assistant city manager. So, um, I think major loss for city, we'll see, uh, what happened and you still have to see for a bit longer, but it was surprising some cuts that we talked about in prior episodes earlier in the year, weren't as much, I think, you know, S energy, the airport, uh, city manager, even the price manager, those weren't unexpected. Um, but now, you know, even you when know, we had the, this is on the heels of, uh, now, or chief Jacone retire, his retirement from APD. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yes. And then another, I think, shakeup as well was that, um, our homeless officer, homeless strategy officer Diana Gray, mm-hmm. also um resigned and she'll be replaced by David Gray. No relation. Yes, I no know relation. that for
1: sure.
0: <laughs> I know that was funny to me. I saw the difference in spelling. Mm-hmm. Um and so he'll be uh Mr. Gray will be interim homeless strategy officer um until that role is filled with a permanent person.
1: And like like David, he you we know, met before personally, I think mean, he's he's had several kind of play, placements with the C and different key capacities. So wish him well, that. It's a challenging role for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah. And I think another I think thing that I saw that was kind of interesting was who will be acting in Rodney's place while, um, when he ends up leaving. And so um, kind of one of the staffing changes was that the chief of staff for the city manager will be reinstated. I don't want to butcher her last name, but Suzanne, I believe it's... Carvajal? Yeah, Carvajal. She will be chief of staff for the... Um, Interim City Manager, Zeus Garza, and will be acting in Rodney's place when he does formally retire.
1: Or is it more apt, like her Rodney's purview, his his department coverage, goes up to her yes. as chief of staff, and she's actually moving because she was most recently the Economic Development Director, or so Assistant Economic Development,
0: yes, Development yes. Director. Yes, yeah. So... Um, a lot of, I guess, shakeups, but um, people that have all been kind of in and around everything, mm-hmm. very well equipped to handle.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, you, we, I know you did some homework over the weekend. I saw the new, we had a call this morning. We saw the new org chart you created. And well, I'd say this is the red line version of the city's org chart you, you, you went over.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so the city um, released an org chart um, back in May. Um, and since then, we've had some major shakeups again. You know, we lost our police chief. Um, a few city manager shakeups as well as just other little um, people that have decided to leave as mm-hmm. well as retirements. Um, and as well, we're working with a lot of interim directors. so that's kind
1: of off right. Yeah. So we have and again, we'll uh we'll be linking Hannah's uh, handiwork. Which is very. The last version you had in May was very popularly received. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this well, one's
0: a little bit cleaner. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, we learn as we grow. But you, I mean, I'm looking at a lot of red on your screen right now, Hannah. But at the top line, let's just start with just you know the executive ranks. I mean, we'll, we count them off. We have so city manager interim,
0: um, Austin Energy, um, and then the police oversight uh, is also um, up at the executive, and that's a interim. Um, and then we've got one, two, three, four. Technically I know the strategic communications and external affairs office still hasn't been filled. Mm -hmm. And that was something that was created by um, interim city manager Garza back in March. And so we've got about four city manager positions that are interim, um, one not being filled Mm -hmm. currently. And then just kind of down the ranks, we've got about 14 interim Mm -hmm. positions, um, including, you know, our police chief, our HR director um,
1: the Austin code.
0: Yeah. Austin code, aviation, um, transportation, public works, um, the homeless strategy office, um, just to name a few.
1: You know, so a lot of, you know, a lot of work ahead of us, but a lot of opportunity too. I know with that as well, the city is on the cusp of announcing the search firm that will, the executive search firm that will be running the search for our new permanent city manager, which will probably take about a year yeah. to do. So I think from there, you know, but it just, that's, it, we're in, um, we are, it is, we're reading off a chart. These are, it, the, is objectively what it is. Um, I think there's a lot of opportunity there as we grow as a city. This is also, you know, you factor in our fact, city manager search kind of coincides with, with also an election year, mm-hmm. right? And so it's going to be very, for those who are City Hall watchers, none of this is new, but for those who aren't necessarily engaged with City Hall um, in a meaningful way, it's a very, some very significant, and we're saying this is a lot, it's some very significant uh, just moves or actions are gonna be taken this next several years, I think, because just the amount of new people may be coming in, starting with the top spot, the new city manager, whomever that is. And I think this is more of a, you know, we, we talk about community engagement and civic engagement for those who just maybe this is their first time really understanding the city's power, city manager's power and everything else. When this search for the new city manager gets underway, is a great time, and, it, and a great time is very important for the public to engage in that process. I think I'm, I'm anticipating a more public process than prior years, just given the visibility of the role. Mm-hmm. But this again, the city manager, Austin's a council manager city. Our city manager is the day to day. He's the seat. They are the city the CEO of the city. The mayor and city council are akin to the board. They set policy. The city manager and, and get, or, they enact that policy as they see fit. They're the highest-ranking ranked ranking city employee. Only they can hire and fire a police chief, a fire chief, and so on. And so it's a very critical role. And I would personally as an Austinite, and I, well, Hannah and I both as Austinites, would implore you all to, to watch this process, to get engaged wherever your views are, because it will be critical to everything down the line from development to our airport, to economic development, and, and so forth, and law enforcement as well. Public safety overall. Would you agree?
0: Yeah, and I I think also just kind of this this council along with the city manager has been very um, actionable. They've been just doing a lot of stuff. Very. And so um, I think people will have opinions on that whether they like it or not. And so I think because people are so opinionated on what they're doing and they're being so actionable, I think you know a lot more people are interested. Um, We've seen more people at council than I think we ever have. Um, And I think part of that too is that the the um, pandemic is no longer. Um, raging. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, But so I definitely think, you know, the fact that we have a council and managers so willing to act is allowing more people to engage, which um, I've liked seeing. I really enjoy um, kind of seeing all of the opinions and and different viewpoints at council. It makes us smarter for sure. Mm
1: -hmm. And again, all of this, you know, I think very robust policy discussions are being had and the meetings are ending at five o'clock which is beautiful, right? Not, you know, we, we'll work, we're, we're paid to be there. We'll be there as long as we need to. And then and then some, but I think, again, my view on it is, you know, we, for folks who are, who are advocating for citizen or who are not paid to be there, this provides having these the council meetings run the way they are very efficiently, I think, provide just better access to the public to it, right? You don't need to be To be there till seven o'clock, eight o'clock, because as we know, you know, think you know, child child care is a big thing in the city, being able to take the time off one real day or even after work to come is one thing, but a lot of factors I think inhibit people from wanting to engage more in the process. So, very we've been very pleased as probably you know, as as people engage at city council a lot, but I think, um, as citizens, just the amount of uh, the amount of like robust policy council has delivered, and, and they're just comparatively to prior councils, like a more compact schedule,
0: yeah, time-wise. Which is great. And I think we saw this kind of at the first meeting when um, a lot of Austinites were bringing in their children mm-hmm. to speak on child care. I mean,
1: this includes city staff sometimes too, right? Yeah, it's sure. hard. like
0: Yeah. And so, um, you know, like I have a, a nine-year-old brother, so I've seen my mom struggle as well. Um, and so I, I think this is, it's great that people feel more empowered to come and they have the ability to come. Um, Oh,
1: and speaking of child care, because we're in the middle of this week right now, I want to talk about something that happened this morning. Uh no children from from my end at all. Well, <laughs> so no moms are listening, like there's no surprises here. But at council this morning during work session, an item was up related to um a XP local or a, a multinational company that has deep ties to Austin. It used to be freescale, is has a pending chapter three eighty agreement, which is an economic development uh uh, incentive program with in front of the city. And so part of that was questions from council, including or most prominently council member Lesa Fuentes regarding uh, the ability, uh, if the city were to grant these incentives to NXP, um, how would child care fit in, affordable child care fit into that. The mayor has a comments about that as well. That was something he ran on um, in his, his prior campaign. Um, and so it's just, I bring that up because it's something, you know, that issue has been brought to the light a lot publicly. I think that's the first, it has in certain ordinances, right. But tying into these, this, this incentive, which, I mean, the city hasn't done, hasn't done a chapter 380 in seven years is what council said this morning. So it's, it's timely. And I think it's, if this application is successful, you'll see a lot more folks pursuing it and, and maybe avenues for, um, you know, the, the, the ad, you know community benefits and so on um I do think it's um I mean it's it's interesting in itself because most the last seven years you know I think most people have been looking for development incentives economic development incentives in Hayes Williamson County everywhere but Austin because this wasn't seen as a I think percep- the perception rightfully or wrongly was well if you ask, if you ask city for money they're going to tell you we're going to come here anyway
0: yeah and I, I think we you know, similarly, NXP applied for one of them last year. Yeah, with
1: Austin awesome Independent School District, Chapter three one three. Yeah,
0: Chapter three one three, which sadly no longer exists. But
1: now it's under HB five. Was now it's, it's revived as Chapter three forty nine and like that. We'll
0: have to check on that. Yes, number. put it in the show notes. Um, and so I think you know, obviously, there's um, a desire to come here, and so I think it's great that the the city is trying to work it out to where they do get real tangible benefits they need. Um, you know, I really think that public private partnership kind of pseudo deal. It, that was smooth. Um, okay yeah. I, I
1: always, trip, it always trips me up the P 3s uh, uh,
0: Yeah and so I think I think that's great. You know that's that's how we get things done here. Um and that was kind of I think the whole um genesis, you know, of you know these tax incentives for companies was to get community benefits. Mm-hmm. And so, um I think it's great that our mayor's bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Um and so uh really, really excited to see how this pans out. And I hope more companies come. And, and,
1: yeah. And, and notably with this, right. I mean, I think it was tied with NXP bringing to Austin, the city of Austin was they're pursuing CHIPS Act funding, mm-hmm. which we did a whole series of, of discussions with the CHIPS Act, uh, which we'll uh, maybe revive or tag this episode or rediscuss uh, future episodes. But it's part of a, you know, it's, they need this, NXP needed local support to pursue higher levels federal funding. And so it's, Interesting times. I think uh, you know, we'll, this is up, they're going to set a date, I think for discussion on this at council this Thursday, mm-hmm. if not have the hearing on this day, we'll double check that. But if this passes, I think it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting time for us, at least definitely for us in terms of what's available, because we've been, the kind of, the kind of the general knowledge, common knowledge with the insiders was we just go to other, other market, other, you know, go to Hayes or Williams County.
0: Yeah, I'm, my- family still lives out in Hayes County. And I think every time we go out into town and like drive around, we see constantly like new things brought up, like Tesla mm-hmm. has something down there. And so. Um,
1: and there's suppliers too. Yeah, it's
0: definitely like, there's a lot of industrial stuff out there. So um glad to see they're finally coming back to Austin.
1: Mm-hmm. And they're big, you know, NXP is also, they have two sites in Austin. Yeah. So for them, it makes, they've been here for a long, you know, several decades makes sense. But I think just, you know, that, that Austin ISD Evo was five, four. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting. I think well, there were there were there were no obvious there were no opposing questions on the on the dais about it this morning. I'm curious to see who comes out against it at council this Thursday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know during before the school board, it was mainly Austin Interfaith, and uh, so we shall see on this one.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Let's call them the play by
1: plays. So we're not involved in this in this application at all, but it definitely has implications for future projects. We'd like to be involved with.
0: Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, anything else going on?
0: Well, um, today we had a council work session. Our, yeah. We kind of covered that a little bit. Um, and on Thursday, council will be back with their um, uh, regular meeting. And so at 10 a.m., they'll be taken up. A, oh, I'm a dot. Yeah. I'm a dot. Um, they'll be taken up um, relatively long. That was Like
1: 150 items? or yeah,
0: 150 items. They'll probably be done. by. I call
1: it 150 items? About,
0: oh, wow, yeah. Okay. And so um, some of the, the um, uh, more interesting items they'll be taking up is they'll be approving the draft service plan and draft petition language for the creation of the proposed Austin tourism, public improvement district. That's been in the news recently, just because of kind of what's happened over the past five years with hotels mm-hmm. and such. Um,
1: the, the idea of this, right. Is to create a, the district would create a steady funding stream for homelessness initiatives.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so or a comb-
1: combating homelessness initiatives.
0: Yeah. And so I think the the premise itself is good. I think there's a lot of feelings on both sides just because um uh, you know, we had a, a raise in the hotel occupancy tax in the past decade. Um, a lot of other things I think have happened that have maybe, you know, put people on, you know, one side or the other of this. So definitely be interesting to see how this pans out and if it is approved, um, what we shall see on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And then additionally, item 83, that'll be approving a resolution initiating amendments to the land development code related to allowing recreational vehicles and tiny homes and single family districts that's
1: interesting so this is who's spot you know, sponsoring this one
0: um i did not pick it up but um
1: so it's, I mean, it's really curious right so how yeah, there's this what this resolution will initiate mm-hmm. but the I kind, of, I kind of i'm really curious to see how the testimony rolls out on this one because you know, we both watched testimony on small around small lots yeah and, and I, that I, was very you know i think it was it was informative right i think of kind of the views kind of really kind of down the down the line views us uh, knights have on it on kind of changes to single family zoning.
0: And you know what? This is kind of crazy. It's Leslie Poole. Leslie Poole. She's back again. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is all about diversifying the housing we have. Uh, I think that's the intent, you know, it, it's not trying to put words in the council members' mouths.
1: But um, these are so things I think coming after one that her, her prior resolution that she led and passed on um, was just publicly people on both the urbanist Yimby side, yes, my backyard side, and the traditional, not, you know, uh, backyard, the traditional uh, neighborhood character um, contingent, uh, everyone was kind of surprised. Of mm-hmm. all members, of I mean, we've had several new members of council this last, in the spring, right, were bringing, you know, I think notably council members, Rizzo, council and council member Ryan Alter were, have been led in a lot of uh, significant housing revolution. So this is a surprise.
0: Yeah, no, I think this is um a bit weird coming from Councilmember Poole. We've definitely seen her um in her previous time on the council be typically more with the neighborhoods. Yeah. But um, you know, some the housing policy she's been doing.
1: But it's the evolution kind of, of things here. too, right? I think it's you know, she who's it's I think you know, we're not involved in the we're involved in a lot in prior resolution or this one um fiscally in a kind of way, but I think it's 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 interesting to see, right? I think, you know, you definitely we'll see how it plays out. But I think people, you know, at least the Yimby crowd was very
0: yeah like, with it. Uh, kind of thinking like I I'm, um, i I'm, haven't bought a home yet. Um, I don't know when I'm going to do that. Uh, I think just with kind of, I have a pretty pessimistic view on it. And so mm-hmm. I think it's really cool to see that there's they're diversifying that because it gives me more options in the future. Um, and also my peers.
1: So, yeah i mean dm group buys buy a big plot, you know. <laughs> plot in and say great we have corporate housing now
0: yeah <laughs> yeah you know that's give
1: great. me ideas like other revenue streams are part of our part of our, our employee incentive plans
0: and it wouldn't be possible without Councilmember member leslie yes yeah, we have to go
1: as a passive vote but if it, it was like the prior votes um she had i think that was what that was a two vote
0: yeah but i believe i i know for a fact um council member allison alter um voted no i believe mackenzie kelly might have abstained mm-hmm. um but yeah so it's
1: so majority still for these things and these are I mean these are very revolutionary changes i mean that's not where we're throwing a lot right but they are significant yeah and i expect i'm very uh we'll be watching thursday but i expect some heavy strong some strong testimony for and against this item
0: yeah and thank you to development services staff for continuing to very uh, much so roll with the punches as the um, council and city just continues mm-hmm. to push amendments <laughs> I think
1: the, I mean you get the you're just the matter of the amount of uh resolutions and around zoning and housing we've had you know since the council came in and what January 6th right mm-hmm. where's this all going to right so we get through this next election cycle I mean I don't think we're gonna have a a, a comprehensive code change push until that right but we we'll talked about it internally but uh, we'll put on the show if whoever's listening I think you think Q2 you think, I think we get get through q1 or get through at least q4 rather of 2024 so sometime if if people don't run on that too i think we'll know then if you're if campaigning on a comprehensive land code reform yeah
0: that, i think also you know it depends on i think we do have the votes on the dais right now to pass something like that because you do need a super majority to um, pass the kind of um, comprehensive change that we're doing according to the current kind of courts well that's a good
1: point though right? we have a, there's also a lawsuit still an appeal from the last last attempt council did that that was struck down it was a neighborhood suit that was ruled and, in the neighborhoods that was, that was or about, some land not neighborhoods it was it was it was some land uh, landowners I
0: believe it was community not moderate, got that you. group um and so what they essentially said was they didn't get enough notice neighborhood um notice about the zoning changes but the city argued it was a comprehensive change and so um then the dais did not have enough votes to kind of supersede that and just make the changes. Mm-hmm. I believe now we do. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, Don't quote me on that. We might not have it. <laughs> um, but um, so I, I think they're in, a, they're in a bit of a weird position to where they really can piecemeal it if they want to. It's We've been just, doing that for decades. Yeah, I mean, the code hasn't
1: been revised since I was born, yeah, 83.
0: A lot more work for staff than just doing a, a comprehensive rewrite, and I think we've already done a lot of the work. Um, you know, we had three chances to kind of, or three like practices essentially, mm-hmm. you know, the code next, code next to, and then that final one that died in 2020.
1: And that one was on second reading too. I mean, it was around the corner.
0: Yeah. And so um, I, th- I don't think it would have passed with um, I believe the nine votes it needed, but I, I believe it would have passed at that point. And so, um I don't know. I think it's really interesting. I think potentially if um, we have a mayor that's on his second term or a mayor that's extremely extremely progressive mm-hmm. and just we is say his good. because if
1: Mayor Watson's running for election, it would be a he. He is a he. Yeah. Um, we don't know yet who, if anyone, is running against him.
0: I think yeah. I think that there's a a bigger chance for that to happen if, if he's on a second term. Doesn't really have much to lose, to be honest. And so
1: uh, so are the members of council as well. Yeah. And, terms. and
0: so. think that's the thing i think also if we get a you know more progressive um leaning candidate in that office as well um, that might be a chance for them to kind of be like hey we're doing this and also they just don't really care what people say
1: we also have district 10 district 7 which are going to be open seats
0: yeah right and
1: so that's those are both traditionally more neighborhood more the traditional neighborhood kind of you know power seat and so i think the, again, to come back to Council Member Poole, the moves, the resolution that she's taking, this one upcoming on Thursday and prior, is a came, came out of nowhere, right? Yeah, and I would expect that, I think, for folks who are very engaged in their council district politics and who's going to be on, who they're going to run for, I guarantee for her district that's going to be something that certain, you know, certain groups are going to really be clear about it. no deviations right no late hour deviations so we shall see we, i mean it's, it, it's interesting
0: I know, i'm honestly like really excited for when the candidates start announcing mm-hmm. um because then we'll have a really clear idea of who could potentially be on the dais and mm-hmm. I, would, I think that's really interesting
1: get the whiteboard out and yeah start mapping yeah. out things so that's what we do for fun around here folks yeah. uh oh anything else you want to talk about
0: um, Texas beat Bama.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Congrats Where, to you, Hookem.
0: Hookem, it was the great. At Bama. Too. At Bama too. Yeah. Um, that that had to hurt. That mm-hmm. had to hurt. felt really good, and then Dallas beat the crap out of the um, the Giants the next day. Mm-hmm. So it was a great day.
1: Pretty to be a Texan.
0: Be a Texan. <laughs> um, so Hookem and and go Cowboys. Uh, but yeah, so. All right. Um, that was a pretty
1: good weekend. But- we, we'll be back on Friday for our regularly scheduled recap of the week. Should be some interesting items, some of them we touched about today. Otherwise, though, y'all have a great rest of the week.
0: Yeah, have a great week.